Hi, I'm Alison Heilixer, American psychotherapist living in Hong Kong. And I'm Heather Thorkelson, Canadian business coach living in Sweden. On Rethink the Couch, we delve into the inner dialogues that expats most commonly grapple with. Our podcast explores the mysterious psychological layers of what it means to be someone living abroad in a culture not our own. Our experiences, narratives, challenges, and ultimately, identities. Let's get started. Today on the podcast, our topic is trailing spouses. So, Alison, what do we mean by the term trailing spouse? Yeah, good question. It's a it's a term, certainly, Heather, that's thrown around a lot. So important, probably, just to start off by actually defining it. So a trailing spouse, it just, you know, right out of the, di- the dictionary is a person who follows his or her partner to another city because of a work assignment. And, you know, with this definition certainly comes many connotations. What are some of the challenges you see with your clients who are trailing spouses? So sometimes what I see with the clients who are the trailing spouses is that they really experience a deep sense of inadequacy as compared with their partner who's working in the country where they're residing. Also, I see a lot of people who just really are feeling lost. So, you know, they might have been seduced by some sense of adventure or a new start in the country where they're living now, but often when they land here, it's a different story and they just sort of feel like they can't get their bearings or they they don't really know how to cultivate a sense of purpose outside of their partnership, outside of their home country. And so lost is a big one. I think with that is a sense of boredom. So some people just imagine that they're going to, you know, have a fresh start and they're going to be doing 10 different things when they land in this new country. But I often feel that people sometimes almost paradoxically feel like there's so much to do, but also nothing to do at the same time. Also sad, Heather, like a lot of the people I see who are trailing spouses just have left behind careers or left behind family members or experiences that they imagine that they might have. And so sadness, in addition to inadequacy, feeling lost, feeling bored is another big one. And I think, you know, with this, it's just a general sense of being disoriented or confused about what this might mean for their future. So I certainly, you know, have clients who who ask, you know, whether they made the wrong decision or what this might mean for their future if they do want to repatriate or whether they do want to bear down, you know, some roots in the country where they're living. Now, having said all of this, right, so the common challenges I just mentioned include inadequacy or a sense of feeling lost or, or boredom or sadness or confusion, disorientation. The other side of this is that some of my clients, Heather, really are embracing this idea of being a trailing spouse and using it as a very, very fruitful springboard to do something different, right? Or maybe even just having a child that, you know, he or she wouldn't have had in the home his or her home country, launching a new career, right? I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs and many who really feel a deep sense of connection in their relationship because they're they're sharing this, you know, deep connecting experience. And some feel as though this connection, right, also might be deepened by the fact that they're away from some of the family noise and influence. So as it actually relates, Heather, to the trailing spouses who turn themselves into entrepreneurs, 
I guess this relates to some of the work that you do, because as a business coach, you're helping people all the time launch successful businesses around the world. And I'm wondering, do you ever work with trailing spouses? Oh, yeah, (laughs) I do. I mean, I work with um, a little bit of everything, but trailing spouses are certainly uh, some of the people that seek me out, partially because I am an international person who's been running location independent businesses from different countries over many years. So I understand the slings and arrows of what it's like to be in a place in a country, not your own, trying to set things up, um, trying to gain traction, trying to market your services, etc., And yeah, as you say, you know, there's a lot of these people who are leveraging the opportunity of being a trailing spouse, of having some time that they didn't used to have to turn an idea they had into something meaningful, you know, to turn, you know, to create a a business that they might not have had the bandwidth or the resources to, to start when they were back in their home country. And it's really exciting. It's really, really cool, especially for people who aren't fully dependent on their new business for income. It gives them sort of a wider range to play with. uh, And, you know, the sky's the limit. So it's quite interesting and it's quite fun. And, you know, I live in Sweden. I don't have a single client here. I have clients all over the world and, and so many of them are expats and so many of them fall into that category of trailing spouse. So Alison, in your practice, have you witnessed trailing spouses often having fulfilling experiences abroad? You know what, I feel a responsibility, Heather, just to state a fact, which is that most expat assignments, you know, when they do fail, they do fail because a trailing spouse isn't happy. So I just need to say that and get that out of the way for anyone who's sitting there with that fact in hand. However, many, many people do experience real fulfillment in their experiences as a trailing spouse abroad. So, you know, many come to a certain country with certain emotions, many of which we talked about before. And, you know, some of them stay stuck in those emotions. In other words, they really sort of have a strong grip on them. They think that it's fate, that they're never going to be happy. They're never going to feel fulfilled. And those clients tend to be the ones who psychologically don't fare all that well in the expat assignments. But I think those who have some some appetite for allowing for the grief of being in a different place and and maybe grieving a future that they held on to for so long, those are the ones who end up really having an openness um, for adventure and really make the most of their time while they're abroad. And these are people, Heather, who don't go at it alone. So the ones who really do have the fulfilling experiences abroad, they're people, again, who who are able to allow themselves to grieve what they imagine their future to be, but they're also people who pull in the support that's needed to have a fulfilling experience. So they don't try to go at it alone. And this is where, you know, I help people in therapy all the time cultivate, you know, a different sense of meaning in this experience, really maximizing the time. And, you know, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's some of the people who end up launching businesses or taking on kind of a new path that turns out to be even more fulfilling than the one they imagine might make them happy. Yeah, that's great. And it's certainly something that I've seen as well. How would you say overall in your experiences, couples typically fare where one is the trailing spouse? Yeah, so this one depends on so many factors, so many, Heather. 
And some I'll just mention, but of course, it's not a one size fits all. So the first question I always look at, you know, with couples uh, where one comes in as a trailing spouse is how strong was this couple's relationship before going abroad? And this sometimes takes a little bit of time, a bit of nuance, um, and a little bit of willingness to really look at the truth to get to the answer where we can then start to look at you know, how, how might they fare going forward? So this is a question, right, that people often forget to ask, or they forget to look back with, right, a real, real sense of reality. So what I tell couples is, you know, when we look back, we're doing so to look forward. So in other words, if your relationship wasn't that strong coming here, it's going to require a different type of therapy than if you arrived here and you felt like your relationship was like titanium. So that's something really important is just to reckon truthfully with how strong your relationship was before you actually went abroad and not romanticize that answer. Second thing is, you know, how open are these couples to discussing their thoughts and feelings? I can't even tell you the number of people, the number of expats I've seen over the years who just squash down the, the truth of their experiences and they pretend to their partners that they're doing well, or they don't want to seem weak, or they don't want to seem like they're needy. And it then gets to a point where sometimes it's too late because they're living in two very different realities. So I often really encourage couples to just make space for the truth of whatever their feelings are and for us to take a look at their thoughts and and how we can really challenge them so we can hopefully make their experiences as fulfilling as possible. Third thing I often, you know, look at when when I look at that question you asked about how couples fare with with one as a trailing spouse is how much respect do they have for each other? So sometimes when couples go abroad and one is the trailing spouse, there's a kind of contempt that develops because one is off, you know, having this, you know, romantic type of career, they're accelerating, you know, they're they're climbing to the corporate ladder to the top and eventually find themselves on a treadmill, but climbing to the top. And they sometimes start to look down on the trailing spouse. And this is something I really try to remind couples of, which is we have to learn how to keep this respect intact, that there's there's room for both of your experiences. And fourth question I tend to ask is, you know, what is the support that this couple seeks? So whether that's in the form of therapy, whether that's building a community of friends or like-minded people, whether it's reaching out, Heather, to people like you, right, as coaches to help them kind of expand what opportunities they might seek in, in the current the country they're living in. But the, cu- the couples who are proactive with having one person as the trailing spouse and really making space for their feelings, respecting the experiences, pulling in support when needed, building community, those are the ones who, who really fare the best. And finally, right, the the couples I see who tend to fare the best with one as the trailing spouse is, do they regularly discuss how they imagine their their, their life maps ahead together? Because what often happens, right, is that one ends up being more fulfilled than the other. And so one is often kind of pining to go back to their home country. One is often, you know, fighting to stay. And they don't often just push pause and say, look, where are we in our evolution? And how much do we want to kind of root down in this country versus, you know, how much of a desire do we have to return? 
So, you know, we always hear, right, Heather, about the, the couples who go abroad and, and whether one's a trailing spouse or not. We often hear about this idea that, you know, an expat assignment becomes kind of a graveyard for marriages. I hear that all the time in Hong Kong. You know, had we not moved to Hong Kong, our marriage never would have dissolved. But what I really try to do is to be proactive with couples coming abroad, let them know that not only is support okay, but it's really something that we can look at as an investment in their relationship. And I try to catch these couples very soon after they move abroad and really with an eye on it not being too late. I think that's such a great point and such a great strategy, Alison, just looking at being very proactive and uh, not waiting until the wheels have come off, but starting to think ahead of time. You know, what do we need to do to make sure that this experience is successful for both of us, that we're hearing each other, that we're on the same page, um, and that all needs are are brought into the equation. I think that's super, super key. And especially being someone who has moved abroad as part of a relationship that didn't survive, I wish that I had thought of connecting with someone like you at the time um, to help me navigate that better. So thank you so much once again for sharing all of your expertise. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's chat. Please do hit the subscribe button if you liked this so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. And please head over to our Rethink the Couch Facebook page and leave some comments, ask questions, or suggest some future topics you want us to discuss. Whether you're an expat, a couple living abroad, digital nomad, or were raised as a third culture kid, now in adult clothing, I offer a non-formulaic approach to therapy. Doing therapy for so many years has taught me that people are way too complex to fit into formulas or anything rigid. You want to hear more? Then head over to RethinkTheCouch.com to learn more about how we can work together.